Okay, so we are currently working on our uh, discussion series, and the discussion point series was entitled um, Things the Church Doesn't Talk About But Should. And we had a whole list of things that we've been covering so far. I just want to say thank you so much to you guys for just being involved. Um, I was worried because I wasn't sure how much involvement I'd get, uh, but you guys have been awesome and I've been really, really appreciative of it. Um, the things that we have covered so far have been mental illness. We talked about sin versus problems, lack of faith versus anxiety. Is mental illness biblical or non-biblical? We were talking about teaching kids about intimacy, fear versus education and integration, desire versus oppressing it, uh, sorry, suppressing it, proper education versus soul biblical teaching, and handling desire wisely. We talked about church prejudice, created equal versus treated unequally, church dynamic versus grooming people a certain way, creating diversity versus sticking alone, and we talked about ethnic churches versus non-ethnic churches. We talked about church practice. We talked about female modesty versus male self-control, King James versus other Bibles, um, and worldliness versus modernism. And then last time we ended our discussion point on broken homes. What fosters broken homes? Why does it affect all demographics? What does a good home look like and what is the proper environment for a child? And so today we have our last two in the discussion and then we're going to start a brand new series next week, okay? So I'm going to pray and ask the Lord just to continue to help us to uh, keep tempers low. Tempers have been great, but I have a feeling that we might strike a couple chords on these next couple ones. So we'll see, we'll pray, and then we'll get into it. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and for your son and for sending him to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, I pray that you would help us continually to be able to uh, bring honor and glory to your name as we talk about these issues that the church should cover but doesn't. And we'll give you all the honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, we pray and we're thankful. Amen. Okay, so number six on the docket is simply just acceptance. What, you're gonna, what we're finding out right now is that there is a huge attack on the church, right? It seems like in today's day and age, we are told to be quiet. And if we have it a, a, a viewpoint on anything else um, other than where we stand doctrinally, that, that makes us hateful and homophobic and bigots and whatever other word they can dig out of Webster's to throw at us. Right. And um, so I guess today we're going to kind of talk about like what the what the balance is, like what what does what is the line for our acceptance versus saying this is as far as we go? How do we handle making the sinner feel welcome without welcoming the sin? How do we do that? So just let me get some general thoughts as you hear that pop into your minds now. Uh, what comes to mind as we talk about those things? Anyone? Miss Terrell. God loves a sinner. He hates the sin, but he loves a sinner. So we need to have that too. We need to accept everybody. And everybody is sinned, and homosexuality is right. worse sin than having a bad thought in your head. So sure. Everybody's sinned. Yeah. And I actually created a. Um, I'm actually going to. Um, Brother Mike, will you turn the ACs off? Because I'm not sure if uh, some of the more soft-spoken people, like Miss Terrell, will be able to will be able to pick you up. It's a big blue button. 
Just turn it all off. It's okay. Can you reach? Can you reach? I'm not that small. I mean, I'm short, but you're shorter than me. Okay. Huh? Thank you, brother. for having my back. Yeah, he's the only one. I don't have. I don't have your back. <laughs> Amen. All right. So what Miss Terrell said, Joshua. That's twice now they've heard your name, so they know you very well now on the podcast. All right. Because um, last week you were watching God knows what kids playing outside. It sounded like nice dragon. I think. All right. Cool. So. Um, Ms. Terrell was just kind of saying, wow, it got warm fast. All right. Ms. Terrell was saying uh, that, you know, God loves a sinner but hates the sin and we should be accepting of people because we all sin. And not one sin is a whole lot better or worse than another one, right? Is that, what, is that correct? And um, I, actually wrote a, I actually wrote a message um, just kind of talking about the fact that the, there's things that we're really so good at doing at, as Christians, and one of the things that we talked about was how we have a tendency to have socially acceptable sins, right? And I'm not advocating, I know we're not, the whole discussion is not meant to be on homosexuality, and I'm not advocating for it, sin is sin, but the only difference between me and someone who is an open homosexual is that you know what their sin is, but you don't know mine. And most of the time, if all of the sins that you dealt with or struggled with were plastered on your forehead, you'd be mortified. You'd be mortified. That's just the truth. And so um, we got to remember also that, you know, the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. And so we may, I may be able to hide my sins from you guys, but I can't hide it from the Lord. So be careful as you discern in your mind what is better than others. Uh, But okay, so anyone else have any other views um, as far as like uh, uh, accepting people that are just different, when I say different, what comes to mind? People who have different things, as we talk about that, what comes to mind when I say acceptance? Like, what are some non traditional things that come to your mind? Anyone got anything? What comes to your mind? We talked about, um, I just used homosexuality as, in, as one, but what else do you think? Appearance is something that people get rejected for. Yes, especially in the church which is the place where it especially shouldn't be. Um, and I know we talked a little bit about that last time as we covered uh, modesty um, and things like that. But um, that's definitely one where you see people kind of come in the church, and um, especially in our area. We've seen some people come in that's been very nice and very well kept, and then we've seen some people that have come in and been really dirty and smell even sometimes. And um, you kind of start thinking, you know, do... Does that make people feel welcome? Do we make people uh, feel welcome? Um, when do you close the door? At what point do you say, eh, we should... Someone was talking about this this week, and they were like, should people get kicked out of church? They're kind of talking about that. What do you got, Miss Tina? If they oppose something we... Distraction. Yeah, well, not for distraction, but say they come in and they stand up and they... Slam the King James. Right. We stand on the King James, and we can right. ask them to leave or something like that, or to be quiet with their opinion right. if they want to stay. What do y'all think? If they're living in blatant open sin, you know they're living a sin that everyone knows about, and they know about it. Is that? Yeah, that can't work. 
God can't bless the church if that's going on. Fair. I, I hear. I hear that. Any everyone else share that same view that Brother Howard has? What do y'all think? Talk to me, Miss Angelica. I'm saying the church is for people who need God, sick people too, and not just everybody who has everything in line and doing everything that they're supposed to do. Sure. So even if you know somebody's doing something wrong, it's not our place to judge, and we should love them like God would love them. Okay. Yes, but it's a blatant sin. You're living immorality, for instance. Right. And especially if it's somebody that's on staff or in leadership, needs to be dealt with and needs to be put into or, you know, by what it says to lead them to Satan. Right. They cannot be continue to be under the protection of the church. Sure. Brother Gary, no whispering. You say it out loud for the whole class to hear. You got two things here. He's got inside the church and he's, she's talking about people outside the church. So let's, let's split them, because we can cover both of those while we're here. All right? So let's tackle, Brother Howard, your, we brought yours up first, so we'll deal with yours. So what, how do you think we should handle uh, what does church discipline look like? We know scripture tells us, you know, if you know, there is something between you and someone else, go and talk to them alone. And if not, they don't receive it, then go and get a witness that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And then from there, you bring them before the church, okay? So let's say we speed it up, right? And we bring it before the church. What, but I, I haven't actually even seen any of that done before. Anyone ever been a tr- part of a church? Ms. Tur, what was that like? Um, it was uncom- well, it was uncomfortable, but um, it was two couples that had messed around with each other's spouses. Right. And they were churched when Pastor Kimball was here. Okay, and so did he like address it like from the pulpit while they were still members, or were they gone already? I think they he addressed it while they were still here. Oh wow! I don't think he was showing up as much. No, not as much. Okay, but it, but okay, but it wasn't like a I'm gonna bring Xavier up before the church and talk to him, not that kind of thing. Okay, brother Ray, you're raising your hand. Just one of the things we do at Pine when we do ex- community at church. Right. We've done it three times when I've been in church over here, we've done it three times. It's something we do prior to Right. We don't want to embarrass them, but we don't want to have discord in the church. So. Which is, I, well, I don't want to give my opinion. I don't want to do that. I want to hear y'all. Um, what else we got? I hear, I hear y'all. As far as, are there any instances where someone is in open sin that you should allow them to stay? What do y'all think? At what grounds do you say they should go? I say I know people, including myself, who've had children outside of wedlock, and that's not according to what the Bible says to do. Right. And no one ever said anything to me about it. They right. know what's going on because they know how kids come about. Yeah. And other instances of that, too. And I think we were always treated with love, and I think that's the way it should be done. And that's where your heart is. Right. With the Lord, so. I think a lot of what Brother Howard was talking about a second ago was unrepentant people. While I've been here, we had a situation happen where there wasn't any repentance in it. And to this day, now that I'm thinking about it, they still haven't. Like, they think they're still doing their thing, you know? So, uh, I guess we could kind of think about, well, what do we, how do you, how do you handle it? Let's say, now, of course, those people end up, a lot of those people end up leaving, Right, they feel uncomfortable or whatever, and of course you don't want to, whatever. So they leave. But what if they stayed? Do you ask them to leave? 
do you uh, just but what if but what if they aren't repentant like they don't have any desire nor any plans yeah, okay. to stop doing whatever the sin was yeah okay brother mike raising your hand yeah uh i think at first you know they're you know plugged in somewhere kind of just let them know like hey you're not really you know representing christ with the things that you're doing so because of that i don't think it's really a good idea for them to go out and represent our church, which represents Christ. Uh, and so, um, in that aspect, kind of just like bring that up to them. Yeah. And that's something that I've actually done since I've been here, even this year, where I've had to strip someone of something just because I'm like, hey, I don't think that you're, you know, right now you're kind of in a space where you're not really doing right. And I don't think that, that, that it'd be a good representation for you to continue to do these things or, or do this and represent us knowing where you are personally, right. you know? So it's like, you know, still love you. You're more than welcome to, you know, continue coming to things and do stuff. But as far as like the extra stuff, you're going to have to not prove it to me because I'm not the ultimate judge, you know, but you're going to have to show me that you're not just going to be here and work and serve for the, serve the Lord when they're, the heart's not in the right place, you know what I'm saying, kind of thing. Um, brother, brother Dominic. I mean, it sounds like there's many, there's many different layers to this. Sure. Many different layers. There's people, people that come in the church, and then there's people that have been in church for a while, and you got people that are, that are serving in church, and there's just so many different layers to it. Yeah. I think. There are layers, and we've seen, I've heard stories even before I got here about stuff that's had that's happened and people who've been asked to leave the church because of certain stuff that happened to prevent a split and that stuff gets messy. I really, really pray to God that I don't have to deal with anything like that for a long, 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 long time. Um, but I, don't, I mean, but with that being said, I'm more than willing to handle it hard or not because I'm supposed to be a good steward of this church and this ministry and whatever needs to happen needs to happen. But it will never be. It, I think it's great to cover the steps like you were talking, like we were talking about. You know, you handle it privately, and if not, you know, bring in the deacon board and talk with them about what's going on. And if not, then it's like, well, we might have to just ask you to. And I know Dr. Rick has had to ask a couple of few, a couple families to leave since I've been here. I wasn't in on the meetings, but I knew what was going to happen, you know, and that's exactly what happened. So, um, different stuff like that, um, like leadership. Right, leadership is also a tough one. Um, of course, if leadership is in sin, I don't think you definitely go to a place where you just com- completely just like kick them out of the church, you know. But one of the first things that's gonna go is their ministry, whatever that, that they're heading up. They're gonna get a, they gotta get stripped of that because again, that's a, being an ambassador, you know, it's being a, a light for the church and for God and, and His ministry. But you're not living in the right place, you know kind of thing. So we kind of, I'm not sure, do you, anyone have any other thoughts about in-house, um, in-house stuff, like people who are already members, people who are already like on staff, anything else like that? Anyone's had any more? I think that was kind of probably straightforward. Um, what about, so when, let's go back, Miss Angelica, and touch on what you were talking about is, you are talking a lot about like people from outside the church, is that what you were getting at? Or clarify for me. People inside, right? And I, I really believe 
Well, first off, like being here for so long and seeing just a bunch of different stuff, I know that there have been people who have been here while I've been here that have gotten into like sin and different stuff like that and Dr. Riggs and, you know, staff had to like talk to them about it and take care of those things. And I never saw him really like ask them to leave unless he thought it was absolutely, absolutely necessary uh, for it to happen. Of course, the, the point of confrontation is for restoration. Right, it's for restoration, and so you have someone that goes and they, you know, they get into they get into sin and, and whatever. But maybe they're repentant, you know. Then you receive them because that's what that's what should happen. But uh, as you get when you get to a place where you think about someone who is being um, completely in a spot where they're not. Here's where I am on it. I think like someone's here. That's let's say someone. Let's say it's brother Mike. All right. Say, Brother Mike cheats on his wife and other stuff like that. Well, of course, you're getting, I'm going to have to just strip you from working with the team. That's just going to have to, how it's going to have to be. Um, but depending on your attitude and disposition, I wouldn't ask you to leave. You know, like, y'all, are, I mean, you definitely wouldn't be able to serve, you know, but as far as like, I'm not going to block you from being able to hear the word. You know what I'm saying? Getting at least something. Now, if you're going around sowing discord and, you know what I'm saying, trying to, you know, split the church and all that other stuff, then I'm going to have to, <laughs> don't let the door hit you on your way out, you know what I'm saying? But um, as far as, like, just immediately being like, uh, and now, at the same time, you think more of the sin in the camp. So you got to be careful about slowing it down, and it takes a lot of prayer and discernment, and I don't, I don't think it's as cut and dry um, as we think. Um, I know this year we've had a couple of times where people have come to our church for the first time and we've had some really interesting situations, right? And it's kind of scary because you get people that come from the church, come to the church, um, especially inner city ministry. You have people coming in with all kinds of different church backgrounds or no backgrounds at all or criminal backgrounds and all kinds of other stuff. And so what do you guys think is the protocol that a church should have with dealing with people from various backgrounds? What do you guys think? How should that be handled as far as like allowing them to be members of the church? And what do you guys think a good protocol for that looks like? Miss Tina. Pastor Riggs asked me when I came what my fundamental values were and what was my belief in baptism. And different religions have different things. Right. So he would know where you're at. And he, at that point, if I was Pentecostal or I believed in speaking in tongues, he, right. he would have said, well, this is what we believe and this is what we teach here. And if it's different, they can make a choice. Right. I don't know if that's kind of in line with what you were thinking of. Okay. No, that's, that's great. We have had people that have come here with an adult criminal background, and they've made that known to Dr. Riggs, and we welcomed them in any way. It was just made clear to them, though, because of this, you will not be able to serve in certain areas. Right. Now, we won't be able to let you even, you know, be an assistant in your church or something. Right. Right. Now, to protect, you know, protect you and also protect the church. Sure. You know, from legal actions and such. And that's a lot of uh, the protocol that I've been even taking this year. People come in and I'm like, okay, what do I need to know? All right, what? Because if you're going to end up serving, I'm going to end up running you anyway. Yeah. So we run, well, you know, we're going to run you anyway. But, you know, there's certain right. there. Sure. 
And then even because I know, Brother Mike, you came in, and before I even let you step into that classroom, we had to get that background check minimum. And if it wasn't clear, you would have not been in there. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, stuff like that, which is great. Um, but like you were saying before, then you have to come in with, like, restrictions. Like, uh, you end up having people that come in here. Like, for instance, we've had several people who were, you find out, are registered sex offenders. All right? And so then you find out, okay, what's your limitations? Because I'm going to run you anyway. So don't lie to me. Because I'm going to run you anyway. I'm going to run you anyway. You know what I'm saying? But even then, and I'll even say it, you can put me on record, like, I'm not going to kick someone out of church like that. Now, I think, now I think at the same time, you let, we find out what those restrictions are, that you have restrictions here. There are certain places you can go. There are certain functions you can be a part of. If, if it's someone that's like, they have, there's an issue with the children under zero circumstances, can you work? First off, I'm not even, we have to make sure you're even allowed to be here. You know what I'm saying? But if you're even, if that's the case, if you are, and it's not that kind of thing where it's like, okay, you can come, you come to church, you go home. You come to certain activities, you go home. But as far as, you know, active involvement, like I take that stuff so, so, so serious. And we have different instances where it's happened where I've talked with someone and, you know, we dealt with that already this year. Where there was one individual that came and they were very upfront with me about it and they were really good about it. And I was like, you know, by the time I was going to get, by the time I was able to run their background check to double check, they were already gone. You know what I'm saying? For different reasons. Um, but then we had the second one. Well, that was the first one where that didn't go well. And the person was kind of upfront with me about what was going on at first. And then I was like, okay, well, I need to meet with you and get some more, you know, talk to me and give me a, a rundown of how things were going. And he started dodging me. You know what I'm saying? He started dodging me. And so literally I was going to be like, you can't come back. Just because like I'm not sure what you've got going on and I don't want to put anybody at risk. And I was like, and, but I told him, I was like, the reason why I taught both of these individuals, I was talking to them and I was like, it's twofold. Number one, so people can be like, you know, well, you know, Jacob over here has this issue. Well, pastor, did you know that? Well, yes, I do know. Thank you. And we've got it taken care of and our leadership are keeping an eye on things to make sure that things don't get out of hand and that they're where they're supposed to be. And then you have, uh, then at the same time as to protect the church. You know what I'm saying? There may be people that come in and be like, hey, I've got this, 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 this. And it may be like, I'm willing to meet with you one-on-one, disciple you, discipleship you, you know, one-on-one, meet with you at Starbucks or whatever. But based on what you've got going on, we have women here or we have children here or different stuff like that. And based on your limitations, we can't have you be here. That's, it's a liability. I'm sorry. So you could take the intermittent, more like, close-knit relationship kind of aspect of it, or you're going to have to see if you can find somewhere else where you can serve, you know, kind of thing, and see what, see what happens. But that is so, so, so serious. And there have been several times where we were this close to a lawsuit because of stuff going on, and if we weren't so careful, we would have gotten hit so hard. They would have sued the, 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 the pants off this place. I mean, like, praise the Lord for his, you know, his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out. His mercy, his protection, protection, intervention, his, you know, just taking care of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's tough. You start dealing with all kinds of things and people with all different circumstances. And so 
Um, I think it all boils down to number one, we have to make sure that we are welcome to everyone. You learn to love first and then until there's a reason until there's a reason to doubt the trust or take the trust away, that's how it should be. We shouldn't be like, oh, who's that guy? He looks kinda weird. Let's profile him. Like, you know, we don't do that. You love first and then you know what I'm saying? Because it happens. People come in, they, get in, they start coming to the church, they love it, and they say, hey, I want to work with the children's church, or I want to do nursery, or I want to help cook, or I want to help. And I'm like, great. Well, before you can do any of that, I need to run a background check on you. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. Um, so acceptance is a big thing. What do you guys think? What else, any other thoughts that surround this? Any other thoughts? Okay. So then we'll move on to our last one. And the last one is done. Who think they can guess what the last topic is? Y'all know it. Who, guess. What do y'all think? What's the last topic? Not super tricky, I promise. Nope. Guess. Guess. What y'all got? Brother Dominic, what do you think it is? Level of color. No. <laughs> color. No. Although I've seen pastors get removed from their churches for that stuff. Yikes. Nope. Come on, y'all. What do y'all think it is? I'll just tell you because y'all are wasting so much time. Nope. Number seven is politics. 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 Tina. I, uh, pastors that I was at when it came time to vote, um, this pastor would say, this is what I say, this is what I recommend, this is blah, blah, blah. But he would say there was a group of Christians that met, and this is the information they provided, and he would provide that and let it, let it go, yeah. and everyone make their own dis- decision. He wouldn't push it from the pulpit. Yeah. Lord, okay, so, the politicians responded to certain questions. Yes, okay. so they can keep giving you information. information. But, but if you want to find out what I believe, come talk to me after church. I'll be happy to talk to you privately. Right. But not address it from the pulpit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, Miss Tara, why are you laughing? I think that's what Pastor Riggs did. Yes. Mm-hmm. It seems like Republicans are more for life instead of. Yeah. Well, that's biblical. That's, yes. that's yeah. not a. <clears throat> but, but it seems like Democrats are, are for the. Um, rights of the mother to get rid of the baby and stuff and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it seems like Republicans are more for Israel. Go ahead, Brother Dominic. Huh? I don't know. You have this mischievous look on your face. Judgment-free, judgment-free. First of all, all, all politicians, I'll preface this before I say, all politicians are, 
are cheats and liars and all that stuff. But I think over the last you know long period of time, it's really hard to put a, put a time frame on it. The church, the Christian church, has kind of took a back seat to politics, discussing politics, talking about politics and values and stuff like that. And that's kind of led us to where we are today. Where we don't know where that side has grown strong in giving a false narrative or a false claim. And, and we've seen you know, prayer being taken out of schools, um, uh, just so many Christian rights violated. Uh, just recently, I believe. You know, three, three or four years ago, uh, a bunch of churches out in Texas were being subpoenaed mm-hmm. uh, for their membership roles and, and sermons and stuff like that. And so I think just over a long period of time, the church is taking a back seat and saying we're not going to talk about it in church and we're not going to discuss it in church and things like that. Well, if you don't discuss it in church around your Christian family, you're going to discuss it with people at work that are, you know, not going to church and not, you know, where they should be. Um, and I think just doing all that has led us to where we are today in America, where... Christianity doesn't doesn't win at all. So I think it's important for churches to discuss it and talk about it. Now, now now there's a line where we shouldn't necessarily preach certain things. It's good good for us to preach, um, you know, against abortion and against homosexuality and against those sins that are also political um, topics. But, you know, there's a very thin line of what you don't preach on and what you you should preach, preach on when it comes to politics. That's awesome. Ms. Tina and Brother Howard. Now, I was going to say, you need to address the issues. You do need to say what says the word God. There you go. Right. But people say, no, hey, this is where God stands on this, or this is what the Bible has to say yeah. in particular. You know, yes, there are some issues where it's not exactly black and white area, but you need to be able to present the issues. People make an informal choice from that. Ms. Tina? Yeah. Kind of the same thing. There are issues that need to be talked about, but you don't need to say, I'm voting for this person or this person is wrong. Or this. You can say, this is the issue and discuss the issue biblically. I think, I think by the time, at least what I've seen, by the time you get to election time, you pretty much already know who the preacher is voting for, but based on their uh, narrative. So, Brother Gary? Isn't it against the law for you to do that? No. Which is hilarious because separation of church and state was not meant to keep religion out. It was meant to keep the government out of the church. But I, I digress. Brother Ray, I heard you back there trying to say something. It was just... Uh, they really don't want to talk about politics. It was because of taxes. They don't want churches didn't want to lose their taxes. They was afraid of always. It was a threat of always losing your taxes because if you talk about politics, you could lose your taxes. And that's always been the threat to church. That's what I. That's what we talk about. politics of any party because they was always afraid of losing the taxes. Yeah. And that's basically the line of losing the taxes. Before I start asking questions, are there any more opening thoughts? That was good. Yeah, I was ready for that one. And we all, we always did that. You know, we always did that every year. We always had a paper in front of and told us what 
what other people believe in, and there's always been a paper in the year we always had when it came to to vote. We always had a paper this party believes in abortion, this party believes in this, and we always let people choose, you know, what they what they want, but they don't have to take it. Will they respond on this question? There are a lot of churches, independent Baptist churches, that go and talk about politics one on one and ask them the main questions. Okay. Yeah. Guys, make sure you don't talk over each other. It's hard to hear. Okay. What else we got? Anybody? Miss Tina. Don't do that. Adding color to my cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very pale. What else you guys got? Other thoughts before I start asking questions? Because I got some. Going once. Going twice. All right. Here are the questions that I've got. The questions that I have are, the first question that I have is what is, is what is written on the paper, talk about that paper, right? This is what they support, this is what they support. Does, is that all that you gauge, that a Christian should gauge their political stances by? You read it and yes to abortion, no to abortion, yes to gun rights, no to guns rights. Yes to freedom of speech, no to freedom of speech, blah, 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 blah. Is that all that you should, is that just saying, okay, well, you know, we got the lesser of two evils here, so that's what we're going to do. Is that, is that how, is that how, I'm not trying to lead the question, like I'm legitimately asking, like, is that the way that we're supposed to do it? Brother Mike, I saw you raising your hand, what you got? My hand, Okay. <laughs> Brother Ray. That should be what the Bible says to be the main reason. Um, like I was telling people, you know, people say, well, now people vote for what's benefit for them. You may have somebody who stands for God, it may not benefit you, but we should vote for the God who stands for God. Even may not benefit your pocket. You know, I'm a businessman. I may want to choose a person that may benefit from my work price or get work, but that person may not stand for God. We should not choose a person, even though it may benefit you in a way that money wise or you know, worldly things, as somebody chooses somebody to stand for God. So, so what happens when you have two politicians that don't stand with God? Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ask, I'm not, again, I'm not leading the question. I'm not. I'm asking a, a legitimate question. What happens if you have two politicians that don't, that don't follow God? Because here's, gonna, here's, my, here's the follow-up question to it. You say, this person stands with God, this person stands against God. Well, okay. Well, they may write down yes or no on the paper, but their lives don't show that. So how much do their personal lives play into the person that you choose to be the leader of your country as a Christian? What happens when you have two people that don't... Because... Your talk talks and your walk talks. Yeah, I know that whole spiel. But as your, yeah. your walk talk like your talk talk. So what happens when they can... Okay, so great. He's anti-abortion. You know, uh, he's, he's pro-life. He's pro-Second Amendment. He's pro-freedom of speech. He's pro-church. He's pro-yada, yada, yada. But his life is trash. Does... Okay, well, he checked yes to seven, seven boxes on the paper. Does that outweigh... How you vote? Well, I mean, when you say his walk, you, you, some of these parts you could tell by 20 years of tracking them. And you know, so the people we have, these are Christian people actually going in front of them and talking to them personally one by one. You know, we're not, it's not any people. These, they are Christian out there. They actually talk the politics, who voting for 
office sentence, they literally talking to them person to person, asking the main question that we maybe don't get a chance to talk to. In the budget, we have to sometimes have a choice to, to choose the worst thing. That's why we have election. We vote them out the next year or two years, whatever. You know, whatever office it is, we have. But a lot of fortunate, a lot of Christians do not stand up. You know, they are more. We, we have this narrative that we believe that small atheists and Christians more Christian, kind of. In the world, but we sometimes we Christians say silent, we don't speak. You know, that's why it's good, to, like you're doing right now, talking stuff. It's good, but it's not a Christian that doesn't. You know, it only took one person to take the Bible out of school. You know, it was only one lady who took the Bible out of school. As many Christians stood there and fought for it and then stood up for what shouldn't we shouldn't done. I think we that's what it's good for us Christians to talk about things and we should stand up. And this what's the evil we have the right to throw out office the next year, two years. But it's important for Christians to get in about and talk about things and stuff like that. There's too many Christians that just don't do anything. Okay. Other thoughts on that? Brother Crip. I think that oh, I did. It just it supports a, a balance. And I, I think this world we live in, you must have a balance that you could go from. Anyone else? Got any other thoughts? You need to take a look, like you said, look, if you have two candidates, both of which don't stand anywhere near what we look for on those major issues, like abortion, you need to look at the person that, at least from the track record, is one to make the tough decisions that are going to need to be made sitting in the old office. Sometimes there's decisions that have to be made, but one candidate may sit back and say no to another and says, I hate to do this, but this is what we have to do. Okay. Do we think do we think that church has been a safe space to discuss politics? Why or why not? Has church been a safe space to discuss politics. Why or why not? Brother Dominic. I don't think it has because people are, um, I guess, afraid to get their feelings hurt, maybe. People have too much emotion attached to it. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care. It, it doesn't really, in the grand scheme, affect me if who's ever president, you know, is going to go to heaven if we, if we get nuked or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter to me. Event, you know, at, the end, at, the, at, the, at the end of it all. So I, think, I don't think church has ever been really a safe space to discuss it because there's too much emotion involved. Anyone else? I 
depends. Hold on, brother Ray. Huh? Hold on. All right. I think it depends on church. I've seen videos and I've seen a church that talk politics. And what the pastor preaching in the pulpit pretty much is that pew is filled with what the pastor preaches. So they for the pastor mostly all. So I've seen videos that they, you know, shouldn't talk about politics, but they will tell you who they should vote for or what they shouldn't. And a lot of those churches don't have a problem with it. But a lot of them do it. I think, you know, depends on the ethical, the groups, what kind of people are in the church. You know, it all depends, you know. Whenever it comes around to election time, I log off of Facebook. And the reason why that happens is not even so much because the world, like, I understand, I expect the world to act like the world. I don't expect the, I don't expect the church to. And I, my heart breaks every year. Same thing, you get on there and Christians are downright ugly. I mean, getting to the place where they... Uh, we're talking about these different things. <laughs> talking about these, talking about these different things, and it, I think it's rough. It's rough. Uh, I don't. We. I remember a time. How long has Donald Trump been in president already? He's. This is this is election year, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Alright, so I remember right around the time when he was looking, you know, he was candidating to be, and you know, of course it started out where like, you know, he's a TV show guy, there's no way. And then it was like, oh my gosh, like he is going to win. Like, he's about, he's about, oh my gosh, he just won. Like, you know, kind of thing. And um, I don't discuss Honestly, politics a lot with people that view it the same way that I do and the people who don't view it the same way that I do alike. A lot of that is just because I think what Dominic said is true is that there's for a lot of people there is so much there is so much emotion attached to it. Like the way that you're talking to me right now, you'd be shocked to think that that same person told you that you loved me yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen it. I've seen it here. I've seen it in other places. And a lot of times, it's not necessarily in the pulpit. It's in the hallways. It's in the lobby. It's outside in front of the church where people were literally packing up their stuff and ready to leave the church because of a discussion that they got over politics. And I'm just kind of like... Why would we say that church is a place to be unified and then allow something like politics to divide us? I don't know. I, I, I think it definitely should be talked about. You definitely, there are definitely things that you definitely should stand for, things that you should not stand for, etc. But I think there's a lot of times where, in my personal opinion, I don't think the church... I think part of the reason, Brother Ray, why the church isn't doing enough talking about it is because it's not a safe space to. It's not a safe space to. Because you would see some Christians get up there and riot just like the world. And it's okay to be upset. It's okay to feel solemn or to be, you know, stuff like that. I mean, to be taken back or hurt because something you're afraid for what might happen to your country like that's completely valid you should be 
broken for your country. I mean, blessed is the country whose blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So we definitely want America to be a place that is that honors and serves God. But I don't think a lot of times discussion is meant to number one get the ball rolling, but number two to get understanding of each other. Like, we get to the point where it's like, I need to persuade you to be on the same side or have the same exact political views right down the line as mine are, and God forbid you don't, it's on. You know, and that's one of those reasons why, even uh, before, you know, like, we talk in the office back when I was still the youth pastor and stuff like that, and I would not participate. I would not. You get on, I mean, there's all kinds of different issues. Some of the issues that I've seen be completely divisive in the church. I mean, the whole Donald Trump issue is the least of it that I've seen. Then you have different issues like, you know, uh, and, there, and there are a couple of times where like Dr. Riggs and I in private, or I've had to be like, can I talk to you for a second? Slam, you know? As your assistant pastor, this is some things that I see that I don't like, you know, kind of thing. But I don't, I'm not going to like, you know, openly like do that to him, like in front of the church and everything like that. But like I said, like, you know, like if you want to know like where I stand, I'd be probably most likely not wanting to tell you. But I mean, if you really, really, really want to know, I guess I will, you know, but um, I mean, I think Donald Trump's been the least of it. I mean, in the last few years. Um, you've had that, you've had uh, the whole like Black Lives Matter thing come up, you had uh, a lot of issues as far as like police brutality goes, a lot of it has been like social issues, like the president of the United States has been like the lowest, I believe, on the totem pole of all the other stuff uh, that's been rising, and those have been some of the things that I've seen really, you know, cause some rifts in the church, not just here, everywhere. And people will be like, well, where, you stand? where do you stand on this? I'm just kind of like, none of your business, I'm sorry. I posted on Facebook while a lot of the stuff was going on, and people have been like, if you ask me what my political views are on any of this, I'm going to tell you that it's none of your business. I'm going to go to the poll, and I'm going to vote, and then I'm going to go home. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that it should, but I think we have to figure out. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about this last part because we're out of time, and then, I, and then, I wanna, and then we'll go home, we'll, and this will end this uh, this discussion point until the next one. Um, but um, how do we do that then? If something is so important as politics that affects us, because you're right, they were subpoenaing pastors for their sermons and getting ready to throw them in prison if they had things that were constituted as hate speech and you know all that other different kind of stuff. So what do we do? How do we create an environment that allows us to talk about this in a safe space? What are some steps that the church needs to take in order to do that? What do y'all think? Brother Jelani. Maintain the emphasis that God is in control. Okay. God is in control that no matter what or who goes in the office or what, whatever may happen, maintain your faith through it all and remember that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And at the end of the day, that's the most important. Absolutely, that's great. What else? Anyone else? Do your best. God will take care of the rest. <laughs> yeah. What else? Anyone else? Miss Tina? Yeah. On the issues, say this is what's biblical and stay off of the people themselves and just say this is, I don't know if you can do that. Just say I don't want to discuss certain people, I'll discuss certain issues. 
and that's a generic, and that's biblical, so everyone should be on the same plane on that. But see, but then I feel like you have some tough spots, all right? Like, I'm, and we're not discussing it, so do not. I will cut you off, okay? We have stuff like, uh, for instance, Planned Parenthood, right? Planned Parenthood, which is one of the, you smiling, stop it. Which is one of, Planned Parenthood, which is one of the things that are on the ballot. That paper that we've looked at that comes out every year, are you for or are you against Planned Parenthood? And there's a yes or no column. That is a gray area. Why is that a gray area? Number one, they're, fun, they're funding abortions. Huge deal. But that's not all that Planned Parenthood does. Those, the, the, those are, they are things that allow women to be able to have affordable women's products. A lot of their like OBGYN kind of thing. I'm not for a, I'm not saying I'm for Planned Parenthood, so don't do it to me. All I'm telling you is that you start getting to some places where you start to find where they'll say, here's an asterisk in the issue. And you're, I'm sure you can probably be like, well, you can just go to your primary care for doctor or, or, different, or different stuff like that. But I'm saying, you know, I think it's issues like that that you start to see where it really gets nasty. You know, because they're like, well, you close that. They provide, you know, X amount percentage of women's health products and, you know, women's health, et cetera, and so forth. So you completely cut that. Then you're going to cut my health care and blah, blah, blah. So you have a different issue, a lot of different issues like that. Brother Ray, please think before you say what you're going to say. I'm just saying, evil is evil regardless how you look at it. I mean, evil is evil regardless how you look at it. Regardless if an evil person does great things, it's still evil. If an evil person does great things, it's still evil. Still wrong. So what's your point? Still wrong. What's wrong? Like, so you're saying Planned Parenthood, like we're talking about Planned Parenthood, like they do good things? Just because they do good things means it's a great thing. I mean, like you said, you know. It's just free, you know, I think we could all talk, but. On which part? Safe way to, to, to approach it publicly, I guess, from a church's standpoint. A church like this in this area is never going to be able to, to really think 100% completely on the same page. You know, Trump was just down in Florida at a church and he had a rally at a church. That's never going to happen here. Right. There's just too many, too many different things going on. Um, but, you know, like Christine said, you, to, in order to, to speak even close to it publicly, would, would be to bring it from the Bible, what the Bible says on abortion. Gun rights and homosexuality and um, and just all those type of talk, topics that come up. Um, and then like these, uh, I'm trying to um, be careful with my words. <laughs> but um, and, you know, just just remembering that you know the devil wraps things in pretty packages and then delivers it to us. But definitely like the season, you know, just touching on topics from the Bible. I just, I, I just think a lot of what like Brother Ray just said about like you know if something is evil just because they do good things it's not evil. I like I feel like that brings it all the way back around full circle because what happens if you have an evil president that does good things? It's still evil, right? Something I was just something that I was think something that I was just thinking about. Here's what I think the bottom line is: if we are going to be a church. Because this will, this will decide whether or not I talk about it at all. Because I'm the pastor now, right? 
So this is how this will determine how it happens at all, is if we can have good, educated discussions and still leave peaceful. I am 100% for you being completely against everything that I stand for politically, as long as you can still treat me the same when you see me next time. Because in my experience, not even necessarily just with me, even though it's happened with me, but just seeing how people treat each other, like they'll forget, like you said, that they're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And that you still serve the same sovereign God. You will never, ever, 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 ever get anyone to get a whole group of people to be 100% on the same page for everything. You will never. Period. But you need to still be able to be able to hug my neck when you're done and still, because I've seen it where they've had a political discussion the next time they avoid each other. And it's like at that point, that discussion sowed discord and it ruined your fellowship. Therefore, it was no longer profitable. Brother Mike. I think about this, the, the passage in, scri- in Scripture when they said, you know, when Jesus asked them whose inscription is on the coin, and they said it was Caesar's, you know, and it said, well, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. If I ever go to the White House, I'm going to, the president approaches me, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to dress respectively, I'm going to look him in the eye when I shake his hand all that other stuff, regardless of who's in office. Because I think we have a responsibility as Christians to not only, and he's the highest authority in the land, but to respect our authority. That's a biblical commandment. Whether that's your mom or whether that's the president of the United States. Now, people who are on different sides of the fence, do you, did you still feel the same way that you felt now about Barack Obama? about George Bush, about Bill Clinton. The list goes on and on and on because sometimes even I see it happening with Christians and they'll be like, you know, love, you got to respect the president and love the president until a Democrat's in office and then nothing. Now, whether they, like, look, Obama did some stuff that I was not happy about. Was not happy about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and Donald Trump the same way. You know what I'm saying? But I just know that whether I respect them or not, that position is still esteemed and should be held as such kind of thing. Ms. Terrell. Whoever's in office got put them there, so we need to respect any president that we ever had. I was thinking about that this week, Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. When Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible, when he was an awful king, mm-hmm. evil man, evil man, And I remember what the Lord said to Nebuchadnezzar when he was being all prideful and stuff. And he was like, remember that you're not the reason that you're there. I'm the reason that you're there. Which means whether you like it or not, God has allowed that individual, whether the next person is a Democrat or the next person is a Republican, the next person is a woman, next person is a man, next person is young, next person is old, next person is all that you support and all that you're against. That person has been ordained by the Lord to be in that position. So it's going to be, number one, keeping your emotions in check, right? If you know that it's going to make you upset, walk away. 
If you know that you're not, some people, they get involved in it and they don't have the emotional stamina to deal with it. So don't do it. If you know that you're going to be mad about it, then leave. Don't, you can't discuss it because you're going to be too emotionally involved, right? Then there's a love factor in making sure that you're still going to be able to care about your brothers and sisters uh, when it's all said and done. And then I think third is going to be making sure that you're consistent because I'm going to remember all of your words, whether Donald Trump gets reelected or not. Whether there's new and you got to remember, I want to make sure that you keep the same energy that you've got right now when there's someone in office that's not the same viewpoint that you are. Because there will come a time. That's right. And there's certain ways that you handle it. I will say this. um, Dr. Riggs did a really good job being respectful of Barack Obama. He I know that he didn't agree with his politics. And but I never heard him disrespect him. I heard him pray for him often. I've heard him say nice things about his family and different things like that. See, that's respectable to me. You know what I'm saying? To, you know what I'm saying? People get in here, you know, they attack the, fa- the, you know, the, royal, the royal family, the, you know, the, f- the first family and all that other stuff. I'm not, I'm not with all of that. I mean, I see on Twitter all the time where people are like dragging the president and all this other stuff. I'm just kind of like, I don't care for that. That's not going to do anything for me. All I'm saying is that, and we're, out, and we're done is if we're going to have these different issues, which they're going to come up, I am more than happy to discuss them the proper way that we should discuss them. I'm more than happy to sit down with the ballot and talk about, you know, here are the issues on the ballot. You know, we can use a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and discuss the ballot and say these are the issues and what does the Bible say about all of That would be a great series to do in the fall as we, approach, as we approach it. What does the Bible say about these issues? What's black? What's right? What's gray? You know what I'm saying? Because there's stuff in there that is not biblical, but there might be principles. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. But only if we're going to be able to discuss it as a family and leave as a family as well. Because if it, we get into something like that and then push comes to shove and it starts getting nasty, I will never. Because I'm all about being, doing what's profitable and, and having unity. And if we want to be able to be the wave of the future... The way that Orlando Baptist Temple will see when I'm gone and the next pastor after that is gone and do that, do that right and create healthy traditions that we're going to have to be believers who make sure that we remain respectable and Christ honoring even in our discussion. Because politics is a huge hot button issue in the church that I don't think people do a good job handling. And so even before that series, we'll have to do a precursor series that talks about how to deal with this properly. And how to discuss this and how to learn to agree or disagree properly and respectfully before we get into it. And I think that would be a healthy thing. What do y'all think? Cool. All right.